0: Look at his movements. The most dangerous man on the planet, nobody picks him up. What a goal! Sensational! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever
1: again! The world is left to wonder. Wide-eyed, thrilled, bemused. How on earth did that happen?
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wondergoal, the soccer betting podcast from the Action Network, presented to you by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game, get 200 free. My name is Michael Leboff. I'm the host of this podcast, and as always, I'm joined by my pals and Action Network soccer betting experts, BJ Cunningham and Anthony DeBundo. And today, we will be going over all 16 Champions League matches coming our way on Tuesday and Wednesday. That would be October 4th and 5th. And we're going to start with Inter. They're plus 320 home underdogs against Barcelona. They're odds on minus 120. The draw here is plus 275. Anthony, let's start with you here. I think towards the end of last season, the beginning of the end of last season, if you will, our tone around Barcelona changed and and we started to call them by low Barcelona. I think this is probably a spot where we're going to push back on that and maybe sell
1: high on Barcelona. Yeah. low. Barcelona did not last long. Like I remember there was one match maybe against Real Madrid where we got to hammer them. And there was a couple matches in Spain where they were just really short on the road, but th- that, that time period did not last very long. The market caught up very quickly to the, the chop, the Chavi improvements. And now they're actually overvalued. And I think it got to that point, maybe the end of last season, they are a touch overvalued here in my numbers. And I know BJ agrees I'm going to wait on this one. Personally, I lean toward Inter plus a half. I think we may get some more Barcelona money late. That's what happened in the Bayern match a couple of weeks ago. The market doesn't seem to be loving Inter right now. They got steamed against in the Roma match on Sunday that they, or Saturday that they lost. And you just kind of look across the board at some of the numbers and there is some concerning signs. They're getting further and further away from the Antonio Conte era. They're getting more into the Simone Inzaghi era and not to say that he's a bad manager, But I think that there's clear signs that their attack is not producing nearly as much in the last four, five, six matches now. They've just looked a little bit off and you can even go down to their XG created, you know, 0.8 at home against Roma, 0.8 at at Udinese, less than one at home against Torino. They really struggled in that match to create chances. They scored late. Even against Pleasant, they dominated the match in possession, but there weren't a ton of great chances in that match. Uh, It was an island game, so I got to watch it. And I didn't think that Inter were clicking in the way that I thought they would. So I think there's... Some underlying issues with Inter that that also go into Handanovic, who has been really bad. I talked about this on Thursday's episode when I picked Roma as my underdog. Handanovic's shot stopping has fallen off quite a bit as well. And Barcelona looks considerably improved with Lewandowski as the focal point to run this attack around, uh, which is kind of what was missing last year. They added Aubameyang. He was good, but Lewandowski is kind of just better. And it solves the problem because they have so many wingers and good midfielders to get the ball into him that it's kind of an embarrassment of riches and what they have in attack right now. So I don't want to say I'm out on Inter, but I'm souring a little bit. And I think unless I get like a plus one, I'm going to probably pass here.
2: Yeah. Inter is 4-0 oh, and four win draw loss in Syria. Uh, plus one goal differential. Their expected goals is around six. So some positive regression, at least in the league. Barcelona, meanwhile, the only team in any of Europe's big five to have allowed less than two goals so far this season 19 goals for one goal against for barcelona and la liga 18 expected goals for four and a half against clearly the best expected goal differential per 90 in the big five leagues but i just think you're you're getting a good enough price here to basically just sell high you know this is the high water mark i think for barcelona Bayern they top the group right now two oh and oh barcelona's one oh and one so is inter so this is actually a pretty big match it's not just like a foregone conclusion that it's going to be Bayern and Barca getting through here. If Inter do put up a fight here, Barcelona is going to be in a little bit of a spot of bother as we head towards the second, you know, legs of these group stage matches. So I, I think Inter's worth a shot at on the money line at, at North of three to one BJ. What do you have here?
0: Yeah, I'm on Inter plus half a goal. And you know, all of Anthony's points are very valid. Like they have not looked good at the start of the season. They definitely did not do not look as good as they were towards the end of last season. And a lot of what Inter has done well is just beating up on the bottom half of the Serie A table. But with that being said, I mean, they've allowed 13 goals off of 7.1 expected. I don't think we expect Hananovic to be that bad, or maybe they'll switch to Onana, who knows, to be the goalkeeper. But I have a hard time, like you said, Michael, this is probably the peak of Barcelona, and this is probably the bottom of Inter. And this is Inter's pretty much their last stand if they want to get out of the group, because if they lose this match, then they have to have two road matches against Bayern Munich and Barcelona. So their chances of actually getting through are going to be very slim if they cannot get a result in this match. So from a Barcelona standpoint, I mean, you can call it whatever you want, but it was a dud against Mallorca this weekend. They won one, nothing, but they only, they actually lost the XG battle 0. 0.5 to 0. 0.9. They only had 11 box entries despite holding 11% possession. And they had a lot of injuries coming out of the international break. I mean, they're going to be without a for a long time. Koundé's injured. De Jong's injured. Depay's injured. And Bellerin's injured. I understand Barcelona has a ton of depth and they have a lot of wingers and attackers. So it may not mean as much, but, you know, depth concerns get greater as we jam pack the schedule. And even if we, from a sell high, buy low standpoint, you know, if we take XG differential from essentially when Xavi took over last season, Barcelona was at plus 1.25. It will enter at plus one point three. I understand Barcelona gets a big edge because the difference between La Liga and Serie A is, is pretty drastic. I'm going to be taking Inter plus half a goal at plus one ten. Like you guys said, it's a it's a great sell high buy low opportunity here.
2: The other Group C match is Bayern. Huh.
1: Yeah, I, like
0: right Bayern.
1: Is... I like Bayern. Moneyline. <laughs> yeah. I like Bayern money line. Yeah, just want to put that out there. I I, might, I recommend nice. good uh, parlay piece. Bayern. Yeah. <laughs> a max a max bet on Bayern. No, I'm kidding, you know, you but... could you could
2: do the old <laughs> Bayern Georgia versus Missouri if you're into college football. You know this is
0: not georgia missouri I this know. is this it's is georgia something. versus an fcs team
2: byron's minus 2200 against victoria pleasant at home <laughs> 28 to 1 this is a twelve forty five p.m kickoff too by the way the draw is 14 to 1 these odds obviously are from bet 365 none of us have a play on this game i think we can pretty safely just move on to group a either one of you put your hand up if you want to say something but I, otherwise i'm just gonna move through
0: i think victoria pleasant is the worst team in this competition let's move perfect
2: on. all right group a napoli sitting atop the group two oh and O. Liverpool and IX both 1-0-1, Rangers 0-0-2, that's all win-draw loss. Liverpool is hosting Rangers, minus 700 at Bet365, Rangers 14-1, the draws 8-1. Uh, hand on heart, I thought Rangers are going to be better than what they showed. I thought that they'd be a little like scrappier and tougher to beat in this tournament, and they just haven't. On the other hand, I mean, what can you make of Liverpool? In our Premier League episode, I was talking about how I like Brighton at 8-1 to as a bet in the money line against Liverpool, just because right now, in terms of current form, there wasn't really that much of a, a difference between where Brighton and Liverpool were. And I'm not saying that Rangers are even close to Brighton because they're not. I don't know how anyone could rush to the window to bet this Liverpool team right now. They go up 3-2 and then Brighton come back to make it 3-3. And you know, there was some lineup stuff, but Liverpool, the market just crashed on them before kickoff. I think Brighton went from 8-1 to when we recorded on Wednesday night and closed around 5-1. to So I'm not going to play Rangers. I actually don't hate like an under here because i just think this is going to be a weird game for liverpool this is a, it's like a, such a strange spot for them they need it's like a get right spot but they also need to win like it's really hard to make to try to figure out where this team's at right now so bj i think it's pretty know, easy keep, to pass but like where right. how can well you, you talk about
0: team? the market i mean liverpool opened at around minus 550 they're and like you said they're up to 700 so, I mean, they obviously tried to rest some guys over the over the weekend, putting three of their attackers on the bench. But, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of this Rangers team. I mean, they did get a red card against Napoli, so, like, you can kind of chalk that up, but they weren't really competitive up to the, up until that point, really. So, it's really hard with this Rangers team. I don't know if I can really get it behind them right now, but the Liverpool performance against Ajax was incredibly impressive. How they were able to dominate the match, basically pin them in, not allow Ajax any type of transition. So, if Ajax is not able to do that, even what, even if we believe that Ajax really isn't what we thought they were if we believe what they thought they were at the beginning of the champions league i don't see how we can say that rangers is going to be able to do more than what ix was able to do so this is a hard pass for me just sad that this rangers team those four to one to get out of the group tickets are uh, pretty close to drawing dead <laughs> and, and the, anything here but before... we got like we got like we got like one out maybe
1: i think you know rangers have gotten exposed with that being said i don't hate to look at both teams to score here You know Liverpool. Have now conceded once again early in games. They've they've only been winning at halftime. I think it was one of their last ten games in all competitions or something absurd. And so there have been a lot of issues with this team getting out of the gate. And there continue to be defensive flaws in Liverpool. I mean, we say this every episode, and it continues to look like. First of all, Virgil Van Dyke has lost a half a step. Trent Alexander-Arnold, we're getting to the. He's not now a good where- defender.
0: I no, don't understand I know, people who but, try but to. We're say getting he's to the point. This is a
1: discussion that I had with a couple friends over the weekend. We're getting to the point now where how how soon until Klopp needs to actually adjust the system to fit Alexander Arnold? Whether it's going to a back three or changing defensive situations or you know finding a, a Jude Bellingham or like a Declan Rice who can cover for Alexander Arnold. I don't know what the answer to that is. But in terms of this match, but Liverpool dominated. IX who dominated Rangers. Neither of those games were particularly competitive. But that being said, I mean. Even if Liverpool goes up 2 0 early, 3 0, I think there's going to be, there's still going to be leakiness at the back where I think Rangers might take advantage. And this is a spot for Rangers. They have to go all in. You know, they need to get something. So I think, you know, both teams to score would be the look for me if I bet it. But more yeah, Liverpool has uh,
0: held opponents under one, expect- like three times they've held opponent under one expected goal this season Bournemouth, Newcastle <laughs> without all of their attackers, and then Ajax. Like right. it's, they have not been good defensively to start the season. So Terrible. I don't hate to look at both teams to score.
1: It's plus money right now. It's plus one ten, yeah.
2: The other thing, I th- I think it, at some point, like you said, Anthony, I think I think Klopp is going to do what we saw Eric Ten Hag do, and you know, to a lesser extent, like like Lampard do is is they'll just adapt and like I could see him just setting Liverpool up to be hey, let's just grind this out, let's just put up a clean sheet and get out. But that's much more trying to get in the heads of a manager or whatever. But
1: also
0: uh look ahead spot city for Liverpool. Yeah, that's true too.
1: Ajax. They got my boys. Yeah. They have City neck the following weekend, too, right? It's gonna be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Time for Liverpool yeah, exactly. So they go to Rangers next week. That's gonna be a Rangers spot. Okay. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh no. Um hopefully they're, hopefully they're at least somewhat competitive in this match, and you know, then we can make a case hey, for them to bet to bet them next week.
2: Teams have been competitive <laughs> against this Liverpool team all season, except for Ajax, who we'll talk about next. And uh, Bournemouth. Yeah, yes, that's true. It was a competitive 9-0. Ix plus one twenty home favorite at bet three six five. Napoli's two to one. The draw here is plus two eighty. Napoli's still unbeaten in all competitions. Six game winning streak for them. They're sitting atop Syria. Ah, their defense has looked a little leakier of late. But Bj, you still think this is an underlook?
0: It's interesting because I think the Liverpool match was not entire entirely confirmation, but it allowed us to say, okay, this IX team, they are who we thought they were. Like we already thought they were coming to Champions League, and the fact that they lost too many pieces, like it's going to be a struggle. They obviously just pounded Rangers, and we had to ask ourselves, all right, were we wrong in Rangers or were we wrong in IX? I think we were just wrong in Rangers. I mean, IX took three shots and created .3xg against Liverpool. That was a, a bad performance, and then. Right before the international break in the Eredivisie, they lost to alkamar who's at the top of the league right now, and they, and they lost on XG. So that's their two toughest tests of the season. They've been playing a bunch of cupcakes throughout the Eredivisie, and they have not performed well. So and they even drew with go-ahead Eagles over the weekend, 1-1. So the biggest question you know, you have for Ajax in this type of scenario is, Napoli is a team that loves to dominate possession. They love to play slow, intricate style going forward, a lot of 10-plus pass sequences, is Ajax going to be able to sit deep and look to counter? Because they haven't really had to play that style really say, over the last year and a half. Like you think about the last Champions League, they were at the peak. They didn't really have to play like, you know, low block counterattacking style because they were in a weak group. And then they played Benefica, obviously, in the round of 16, where they were supposed to be the more possession dominant side. So against Liverpool, they got pinned in and it looked like they didn't know how to play out of a low block and try to counter teams. Well, that's what's going to happen here. And they're not going to be able to control a lot of the possession, even though they are at home. So you also have a situation with Napoli where Victor Oshman is questionable at best. You know, I don't, I don't know if he's going to play or not. So I look for Napoli to dominate possession here. Their defense, yes, they have looked a little bit leaky, but I mean, they still only 7.2 expected goals out in their first eight matches. This is still a really, really good defense. So I look for Napoli to slow this game down, control possession, not try to play this up and down style with Ajax. Uh, I only have 2.2 goals projected, so you know, three goals at minus 112.
2: Yeah, I think I'll, I'll be on Napoli here. Uh, on the money line yeah
0: i don't i don't hate to look at napoli either like i think that the ix is a little bit too high i, I need a better number on napoli to play it but yeah it's this napoli teams looked good through two matches
2: they have uh, a team that hasn't looked good at least in our eyes that's uh, that's frankfurt they're plus 260 at bet 365 hosting tottenham hotspur plus 110 the draw here is plus 250 spurs off the north london derby loss to arsenal I think you could say that that was a well-deserved victory for the Gunners. Mm-hmm. So, so yep. Definitely, yep. Some, definitely some chicanery involved, but nonetheless, I like Spurs here plus one ten. Let's just go through the group real quick, though. Sporting there top two oh and oh, Spurs one oh and one, Frankfurt one oh and one, draw loss in Marseille oh oh and two. Frankfurt's 4 2 and 2 in the Bundesliga, 16 goals for 13 against 10 and a half expected goals for and 10.8 expected goals against. They're coming off three straight wins, including over. It's, it still sounds funny to say uh, Union Berlin, who lead the Bundesliga, who sit atop the Bundesliga in their last match. We talk about this Frankfurt team being frauds, and I think Spurs are a type of team when when the impetus is on them to win, which it is here. Like they need to make sure that Frankfurt don't put three points in their pocket ahead of them and set themselves up for a real scrap to get out of the group. That benefits Spurs, who still, despite the loss, look great. That was their first loss of the season, plus nine goal differential, plus four expected goal differential. But we always expect them to kind of overperform their offensive metric with their finishing uh, talent. So I like Tottenham. I think that they should be able to kind of expose this this Frankfurt defense. Any plus number is good for me on Spurs. Antony, sorry about the loss. Yeah, You're right back in on it.
1: Yeah, shout out to our colleague Matt Trevi hitting some uh, Xhaka 13 to 1 anytime. Uh, new role for Mr. Xhaka scoring best midfielder Red in the but, but Arsenal definitely deserved winners. Uh, congratulations to BJ on the Derby win. Uh, Thank you. you know, another, another tough result for Spurs. We have now not won at Arsenal in 12 years. So hopefully next time. But with that being said, look, the market moved. I mean, Spurs were minus money before yesterday, and now they are plus 110. I didn't see anything in that game yesterday that made me think less of Tottenham as a team. People know here. I have actually not bet on Spurs a single time this season. I don't think, and that is about to change. (gasps) The first time I will be betting on Tottenham this season. Uh, It's gonna be fun. So they're going to lose. But in reality, I, I think this is just a, an overrated Frankfurt team, mediocre in the Bundesliga and look negative expected goal difference bad last year. I would love Spurs against any team in the Bundesliga from a matchup point of view, just because of the way that they want to play and how that kind of plays into Tottenham's hands. They are not good in defending with their high line. They do allow a ton of pressure. They rely on wing play to create a lot of chances under Gosner. And it's concerning because Spurs are usually and will have the better players on the wings in this match. So I think this is a excellent get right spot for Spurs off the loss. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> it's time to back them. I, I'm just gonna take the 15, 10, 20 cents of value because I make Spurs minus 115 in this match and I get them at plus one ten. All right, we're in. And, and BJ, after this past weekend, it's like almost like you're just kind of patting
2: Tottenham on the head here with your bet.
0: This weekend could not have got any better if you wanted to bet Tottenham. They they lose to Arsenal and then Frankfurt <laughs> beats Union Berlin 2 nothing loses on XG. I understand they had a red card in there, but I mean, it's, and it's favorite, hilarious in the fact because Union favorite. Berlin basically plays the same, like, not exactly the same style, but very similar to what Tottenham tries to do, right? They try to sit low and then counter. Tottenham is obviously better at putting passes together going forward than Union Berlin, who just tries to send the ball along. But Union Berlin in that match had 43 progressive passes. They were averaging 24 per match before that. Like, that's how much, how easily they were able to progress the ball up the field against Frankfurt. They, I mean, Frankfurt went up 2 nothing, so you could say game state kind of mattered there, but no team, I mean, Union Berlin hadn't been able to progress the ball up the field against anybody, and they just were able to just fly the ball right up against Frankfurt, able to create 1.2 expected goals. I mean, Frankfurt, I mentioned it last week, but they're, 16 goals off of 10.5 expected in the Bundesliga. Last three matches, six goals off of 3.4 expected. I just want our, everybody to think about this. If, if home field advantage in the Champions League is, let's say, worth like full, what, 40, 50 cents, on what planet would Tottenham be below minus 150 on a neutral field against a Frankfurt team that's had a minus 0. 0.2 actually differential per 90 since the start of last season? Like, that is crazy. Like, there's no way if these two teams, theoretically we're playing in like the europa league final that tottenham would only be minus 140 in the 90 minute line that it just would not be the case so i have tottenham projected as a very significant favorite because the difference between the bundesliga and the premier league has become quite drastic so give me tottenham let's go spurs come on you spurs
1: <laughs> tj you love betting on tottenham you do it all the time i love betting I, on
0: tottenham i mean love i mean i love i mean i, I, don't,
1: the I, I don't market hates that I, I, I don't know minds.
0: what else to say than you well,
1: know, I mean, I, I've, I've voiced my my Tottenham concerns. I think, I think Saturday is an excellent example of the problem. And the market must be just right? like the problem you when you play. With, <laughs> what Tottenham does is that sometimes Thomas Partey uh, scores his first ever goal from outside the box yep. and hits a great shot. And sometimes your goalie makes a really dumb play on a ball. He should handle and does handle more often than not, but the odds of that happening. And this is what I treat after the match, the odds of that happening increase when you are unable to retain the ball and you're unable to move the ball consistently up the pitch. If you yep. let the other team have the ball in the final third, weird things happen. Uh, and that's what happened to Spurs. I didn't think they played badly. I thought there was a couple flukes, but I thought that, you know, Arsenal were the better team at home, and they would deserve to win. So I don't really change my outlook on them. The market seems to think they're worse. I, I don't think so. Let's talk about
2: the other group D match. This is the other 12.45 p.m. kickoff, along with uh, Byron and Victoria Pleasant. This is Marseille, plus 120 at home. Posting Sporting, uh, plus 230 at bet 365 The Draw here is plus 240. Marseille, 7-2-0. Two Unbeaten still in league. 1. Uh, 19 goals for, 5 against, 17 expected yeah. goals for. <laughs> 9.2 expected goals. <laughs> sporting Lisbon, 5 goals scored, 0 goals allowed so far in the Champions League. These Portuguese
0: teams, man, they're funny. I got nothing here, BJ. What do you have? This is a spot I had circled for a long time. And then when I saw the line, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because I thought that they were going to yeah. say, all right, we're going to price Marseille at minus 120, and I could get a great price on sporting. And I would come in here and I'd give a rah rah speech about how Marseille sucks, how about they're overperforming defensively, how the match against Angers was really stupid, how Angers dominated for the first 30 minutes, and then Marseille scored on their first chance. And it's been what they've been doing all season. And then it comes in, and the market has them at plus 120. I have Marseille plus 157. So like I could make a case for sporting, but I'm not paying a high of a price for plus half a goal. Like I just, I sporting plus half a goal is, you know, minus 150 out there. I just don't have any value on that. So I can't play it right now. So I'm going to have to pass. It's, it's unfortunate. Maybe I'll just throw sporting in there and round robin on the money line. But uh, yeah, unfortunately I'm going to have to pass. You're passing
2: Anthony. You are not, you got something for us on the total.
1: Yeah. Like the under two and a half, you know, anytime I think we get two overrated teams going at it, in the market right now, I'm always generally going to look to the under. And I think this is a classic example. Sporting Lisbon has shown itself well defensively to start this tournament. I think they've been very impressive. uh, And I think there is some weight to that. When you go back to how they performed last year, there is some, you can make the, you could squint and look through the numbers in in Portugal and, and make the case that they were a good defensive side there and that that will translate. But I think this is a very clear game plan from Sporting. They are going to sit deep, very deep, looked, I don't know, maybe get some Marcus Edwards action there, but really the reality is that I don't think Marseille is a good enough team to break down this defensive line. I don't think they create enough consistent scoring. I don't think they apply enough consistent pressure. And I think that that's going to create uh, a situation where sporting don't need to come out necessarily. And Marseille will uh, look, the attack is <laughs> incredible. I mean, I, I need to go look through the history of all these attackers and figure out like what, what the hell we're missing. Cause there's no way that they can continue to do this because they don't even get good shots. Like with Lazio, we talk about Lazio a lot. They are at least consistently getting like very close shots. Like they get the highest shot quality/slash like average shot distance in the league. Marseille doesn't even get that in France. I mean, they take it's shots dumb. from everywhere. It's so and go in. So you know it, the match way. against Angier's
0: was bad goalkeeping. I will say that. Like the first two goals they had, it was just they should have been saved. But that's that's for whatever reason that they just that just keeps happening with them.
1: Yeah, I like under here. I don't have a ton in this other than the fact that Marseille continues to not impress me in possession. I think that they uh, don't break teams down consistently well.
2: Group B situ- uh, situates like this right now, which is nobody saw coming. Uh, Bruges at the top, 2-0-0, Leverkusen 1-0-1. And second, Atleti, Anthony's is Atleti, 1-0-1 uh, in third. And then Porto, 0-0-2 uh, at the foot of the table. Let's start with Porto and Leverkusen. Like I said, Porto is at the foot. Uh, without a win they need one they're plus 115 home favorites to get one over Bayer leverkusen plus 230 the draw here is plus 250 leverkusen right now are in 17th place in the bundesliga they're one two and five a minus seven goal differential that's nine four 16 against their expected goal differential looks a lot different 12.2 for 11.8 against so they're positive in that regard so some positive regression will come for this team eventually Porto is that's a not the type of team I feel like you want to run, run into right now when when you're trying to find your game. They're just because you know they're gonna be organized, they're gonna be tough to beat. They're the type of team that if if you're searching for something, like that you're just gonna be punching yourself tired. I would lean towards Leverkusen, but the number I don't think is big enough to go here, especially on the road. So I'll be passing BJ. You have an affinity for these Portuguese teams. Oh, I love uh, these Portuguese in, teams in the Champions League. It just, is growing fonder and fonder by the game.
1: Yeah.
0: Yep. And I I'm taking Porto on the money line here. I'll be honest with you guys during the second half of the NFL games, I turned off red zone and I turned on the Porto club Bruges match because I didn't watch it live. It wasn't on one of my three TVs. And cause I looked at the box score, I think 20 times, and I just don't understand how Bruges beat them so badly. And really what it was, is it was mistake. just mistakes from Porto, like things we just don't, yeah, just dumb mistakes from them. Like things we don't typically see with Porto. So you know, if you look at the Atletico match, they were by far the better side. Like they, Atletico coach did some dumb stuff in the, in the stop in stoppage time. But so far, you know, Porto in the Portuguese league does have a plus 12 expected goal differential through eight matches. They just hosted a absolutely red hot Braga side that was coming in on an eight match win streak in all competitions, including wins in the Europa League over Malmo Union and Union Berlin. Porto absolutely obliterated them this past Friday, 4-1 and outcreated them 4.5 to. 0. 0.6 on xg and created eight big scoring chances leverkusen obviously is coming off their four 0 loss to Bayern munich uh which you know was was stupid um because Bayern just scored on a bunch of low quality chances but i mean the reality is leverkusen like you said michael they're still in the relegation zone. no they have a pretty much an even expected goal differential like you look at the Atletico match, like the timing of their chances, like it all came in the second half. Their three big chances came after the 70th minute where the match kind of opened up. So the in the same argument that I made for Frankfurt and Sporting in the first round is the gap between Germany and Portugal really isn't that drastic. You know, I have Germany rated 0.43 goals better than Portugal. So you factor in the fact that Porto, since the start of last season, has been a plus 1.6 XG differential per 90, and Leverkusen's been plus 0.55. I think you're getting good value on Porto on the money line here. It's a great, great buy low opportunity for a really good team that should have won against Athletico and then just had a really fluky bad game against Club Bruges.
2: Yeah, they were they are a little unlucky to be sitting uh, in last place in this group. And you, you like a Porto to advance ticket, is is not a bad luck oh, yeah. either
0: at or, all or Bruges. Yeah, Bruges not to advance.
2: Let's talk about Bruges, BJ. Uh, they're <laughs> plus 280 uh, home underdogs hosting Letty. They're plus 105 at Bet365. The draw here is plus 240. Uh, we love Atletico Madrid on this podcast. All three of us, Yep. we all drink from the cup of Diego Simeone. We mm-hmm. we tip our cap to him. We know he's one of the best. He he is what Antonio Conte wishes he could be. Let's just put it that way. Atleti are 4-1-2 in La Liga. 12 goals for, 6 goals against... expectables for uh, seven expectables against Bruges, by the way, let's like, like you said, like it was very fluky what happened. You do want to give them credit for, for just putting six points in their pocket, setting themselves up here. So it shouldn't be a walkover, but I think if Bruges was one Oh and one or had two draws, like, what is this line looking like? I just don't, I think they're getting a lot more respect than you'd expect from the market here, getting at Atleti at plus money in a game that they need, like they need a result here that, especially with Porto uh, and Leverkusen playing in, like opposite, they could find themselves in last place in the group by the time that this ends, I believe. So give me Atleti, give me Diego Simeone. This is, you know, set it and forget it. I love this bet. BJ, I think anything mm-hmm. plus money on, on Atletico Madrid is, is worth a shot.
0: Absolutely. So the first two matches from Bruce, they've taken eight shots inside the penalty area not counting the penalty against Porto, and they've scored four of them. <laughs> like that's, they've just, they've scored, they've on, on a crazy good finishing rate. You know, they've created 3.6 expected goals off of 2.3 expected threat. Porto had a field tilt of 61% in that match. So they kind of dominated most of it. Atletico, on average last season, only allowed around six shots per 90 from inside the penalty area. Only Man City, Liverpool, PSG, Bayern Munich, Napoli. And one other team had a better average, and I'm going to give you each one quick guess, and you'll never guess the answer. Mind? No, no, I don't know who it is. As you say it, Getafe. Oh yeah, um, that was an easy one. Anyway, uh, let's move on. That was dumb, <laughs> but I have to point out one thing with with, with Bruges as well is right before the international break, they played Standard Liège in the Belgian Pro League. They got dismantled three nothing. And that's important because that team plays a very similar style to Atletico at three, five, two, which is what Diego Simeone has. So this is a good matchup here for Atletico. And then also, I mean, Atletico just a great performance against Sevilla on Saturday, just round, you know, they created their highest XG of the season, allowed their fewest What's that really the season against, <laughs> against Sevilla. And, you know, the thing we, we like to say with Simeone is like, Oh, he's, he's too conservative. Like, you know, he's, he sits too deep or whatever. Like, if you look at last season, you know, Atletico had a higher defensive line than Real Madrid, like they had the third best fit field tilt in La Liga. So when they play better teams, yeah, they tend to play more conservative, but when they played the smaller sides, they tend to be more dominant on the ball and actually look to get forward. So, I think this is a great, great opportunity here for Atletico on the money line. You know, I mean, Bruges got two teenagers in their back line. They're very inexperienced. So, yes, give me two. Diego Simeone on the money line. This is this group, this group, uh, two great opportunities here for some, some buy lows and
1: sell highs. I generally, uh, I mean, toward it. lean well,
2: jump yeah, I'm on board.
1: them. Look, let me just jump on board. I think Michael made a good point about the price, right? Leverkusen was plus 115, plus 120 in the opening match at Bruges. Now, Atleti is essentially the same price. But last match, Atleti was a road favorite at Leverkusen, which I thought was wrong. But like either way, you can't say to me Atleti and Leverkusen are the same team while also making the case that Atleti was just a road favorite at Leverkusen. Those prices don't align whatsoever. So from a price point of view, I agree. And I will probably end up betting Atleti with you both. Uh, I, was, I was inspired by that. I was inspired by the weekend <laughs> performance, you know? Yeah. Uh, Alvin my Maratza, two of favorite baby. teams. No, no, but no. but generally speaking, like I think the sell high on Bruges is, is strong here, and and you're right in the sense that they got very fortunate. And, and it doesn't even just go to the to the match against Porto, where two of the goals to them on a silver platter. But go back to the Leverkusen match, where you know they were Leverkusen was a couple They defended the box well in that match, but Leverkusen was like a couple of toenails from you know yeah, got two goals in off. So yeah. this Bruges team, I don't think we should change our prior on them, which was that they really aren't. Very competitive in this group. Yeah, also, Based I, on two I, games, I, even I, I forgot to mention the
0: group. Bruges, since the start of last season in the Belgian Pro League, only a plus 0.54 expected goal differential per 90. That, I believe, is the worst mark of anybody outside of Europe's top five leagues in this competition.
2: All three of us on Atletico. It's beautiful. Uh, and that's a good way to wrap up Tuesday. We'll move on to Wednesday. But first, Wonder Goal is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet one dollar on any game, get two hundred free. All right, on to Wednesday, on to Group E. Let's set this one up. Milan is at the top. They're one one and zero win draw loss. Zagreb, our second. They're one zero and one. Uh, Salzburg, their third. No wins, two draws, no losses, and Chelsea, all one and one at the foot of the table. Oh man. Chelsea uh, Chelsea's minus minus one forty three at Stamford Bridge, hosting Milan four to one. The draw here is plus two eighty. The Blues coming off a less than convincing win against Crystal Palace, I think we could say. And you know, maybe I'm a little biased because we adore that Palace side, but they fell fell behind and we're able to scrap it back. This will be Grant Potter's second Champions League game in charge. It's a big step up for them after they drew with Salzburg. Milan's five two and one in Syria US. Uh, 16 goals for nine against 14.3 expected goals for seven expected goals against There's 6.9 goals against is the third best in syria but like we said uh, a lot of times during these european shows syria is uh, trending down as a league it's already down trending down Andy, i know you like chelsea here i i can't i can't get there <laughs> i like milan i like you until this chelsea team puts it together and i do think that they will like i said on the premier league pod until they like show some kind of like resounding form. It's a little tough. I think four to one on Milan is is a fine number, even on the road.
1: Yeah, you know, I didn't originally plan on playing this, but the injury crisis for Milan is really bad now. You know, Teo Hernandez out, that provides a ton of attacking width for them. He's also supplements an underwhelming attack. Otherwise, you're looking across the board now, Mike Mannion injured during the international break. Excellent shot stopping goalie. A major reason why Milan's defense overperformed last year was Manion. He's gone. Uh, David Calabria, another uh, you know right back. Alexis Salamaker, Simone Kier, all injured against in Sunday's or Saturday's miracle win against Empoli, where if you had the under, I am so sorry because it was 0-0. And then there were four goals in the last 15 minutes and three in stoppage time. Just awful. But generally speaking here, I... Think this Milan team continues to be overrated. The market is pricing these two teams much closer than I think they are. And I think this is kind of similar to last year. I know Chelsea is not as dominant as they were at this point last year. Remember, they got an overrated Juventus team in their group and they were minus 180, 185 at home. Now they're, you know, looking, you know, you could look around minus 130, 135 out there. Um, I like Chelsea at those numbers. I think it's a little short. I think that they're they didn't look great in terms of being effective in attack against neither uh, Salzburg nor Palace but you can start to see the building blocks of what is is getting there and I think they're going to be a good buy low in the coming time because if you look at like 538 SPI ratings they actually have these two teams pretty comparable 81 for Chelsea 79 for Milan I think the gap's bigger I just think the gap's bigger between England and Spain or England and Italy so give me the blues at home PJ
0: I might play Chelsea minus 1 just take a bigger price just because yeah, I, I agree with him. It's the injury crisis for AC Milan. I believe Graham Potter showed some stuff after Crystal Palace went up one nothing to start two, start to dominate possession, especially what they did against Salzburg after going down. They really dominated that match. You know what I truly believe is that AC Milan just for whatever reason they just suck in the Champions League. Like they're like going back through the entire group stage last season and even through this season, the only good match they put together is at home against Zagreb where There's they not won the good. match three one. Yeah, they're just really not that good in the Champions League. I mean, they were. I mean, if we want to do transitive properties, you know, each team has played Salzburg. Well, Chelsea beat them 1.5 to 0.2 on XG. Milan lost to them on XG and did not look good against them either. So, yeah, I, I might be playing Chelsea minus one. You know, Anthony made a good point about the Juventus match. Well, Chelsea obliterated juventus in that match i believe they won it what three four nothing just absolutely dominated them so yeah i think this is another situation where the injuries are going to add up especially you know with hernandez and and right backs being out like the way that Graham potter uses wing backs i mean i mean they're gonna have field days reese james is gonna have a field day in this match so i'm probably gonna be on chelsea minus one i'll be kind of monitoring the market throughout the week see if there's maybe a little bit of dip on Chelsea. I don't know if we'll see it, but as soon as the market starts to, to trend up, I'm going to try to grab it before we, we get
1: out of reach. Here yeah. And and there's not, I, I've thought about that too. What you said about the champions league and how they've struggled. Now it's probably random variance. Quality of competition definitely matters. I mean, you go look at how Milan played the top teams in the league last year. They were like an average team against those teams in Italy too. But I also think it's interesting. There's not a lot of pressing relatively in Italy compared to the other leagues, even, you know, of course, Germany and England, uh, but even Spain, so I think that's interesting on how they react to that. Their midfield maybe doesn't get much time on the ball. Their defenders get a little more exposed. There's just less space for their attackers to exploit, especially somebody like uh, you know Liao. and they don't really have a, a striker that's under the age of thirty-five that's still effective. So, Milan's <laughs> it's, it's out,
0: by the way, people.
1: Right. So <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of Milan. They're now rated by five thirty-eight as the best team in, in Italy. I disagree. I think they're yeah. closer to fourth. <laughs> I think you can make <laughs> the case that. Roma, Inter, and Napoli are all better. So, mm-hmm. otherwise, I like Chelsea at home here.
2: None of us have anything on Salzburg. Uh, they're minus one fifty against Zagreb, four to one on the road. The draw here's three to one. The only thing note I want to make is how about Salzburg being minus one fifty against any team of the Premier League, uh, the Champions League? Good for them. Uh, and I mean, it's it's hard. I might to play argue Zagreb
1: against. in the return leg at home, but I have no interest in playing that one. Yeah, this is yeah, it's just, this it's is pretty it's easy pass hard.
2: here. All right, Group F then. This is an interesting one, I think. Leipzig minus 182 at home against Celtic, four and a half to one on the road. The drawers plus 350. I want to bet Celtic here. And, and I like Leipzig. I think, you know, if you listen to our preview show for the Champions League, I thought Leipzig was a, a good shout as a long shot. They're at the foot of the table, 00 and 2. Celtic right above them, 01 and 1. Shakhtar's 1 and 1 in second. And Madrid is 2 0 and 0. The one thing that scares me here is that. We saw in that first match from uh, Celtic that they just don't really know another way to play besides foot on the gas pedal, be brave, if you want to call it that, and hope for the best and hope that you kind of outskill teams. And in the Scottish Premiership, like they'll do that week in and week out. I guess Real Madrid, it looks like they're, they could get a result in the first 15 minutes and then Madrid kind of weathers the storm and wins 3-0. And I think the Scottish side would be really impressive in that match. I guess Leipzig though, that just sets up for this match to be bonkers. Like I think that the two these two could just go back and forth. So I like an alt total here. Three and a half uh, is plus one sixty-five. I think that's a fine number. Let's talk about Leipzig's Bundesliga form before I flip it to you. Three, two, and three, plus one goal differential, but a plus five expected goal differential. So they're on the up and up, or they should be at some point. This is kind of what they did last season, too, right? Like they they started out of the gate slowly and then they caught fire after manager change. So I do think that Celtic is the right side from a values perspective. I hope, I mean, the number is big enough probably. I'll probably be there, but I like to over better. Anything for you here, BJ?
0: Yeah, I do like Celtic plus one here. I mean, if we sit here today and we say, hey, who's been more impressive in the Champions League so far? Leipzig or Celtic? Like, I don't know if we really maybe know the answer to that. I'm maybe would lean Celtic a, a little bit. I mean, you could say that they were pretty much even on XG with three Madrid until the goal, the Vinicius junior goal. Then they go to Poland and they just completely dominated. Doctar 1.6 to 0.2 on XG. And as far as Leipzig is concerned, I mean, I know they got Anthony's boy Rosa now, but I don't think they're the team that is at the level that we've seen in years past. I mean, last three years, their expected threat differential has just been declining. It was 0.71 two years ago, last season it was 0. 0.58 this season. I know it's a small sample size, but 0. 0.25, you know, you look at through their schedule, it's been essentially, they played a lot of mid table Bundesliga teams. And then they played Dortmund, which they won three, nothing, but then they flip it around and they just get pasted by Gladbach. And this past weekend, they go up and they put up 4.1 expected goals against Bochum. Well, before that match, they only had a plus 1.1 expected goal differential in the Bundesliga. So I think this team is just not really at the level that we've come to know and seen in years past, like the teams that can, you know, essentially get to a Champions League round of 16. Plus they're going to move out Klosterman for a significant amount of time. And what we saw with Leipzig, especially last season, is they struggled in defensive transition, especially under Jesse Marsh. Well, this season they've already allowed three goals off of the tax. Like that's the most in the Bundesliga. So, and Celtic is not a team. Celtic is definitely a team that has the talent to punish you. On the counter attack. So, this is a simple just projection edge for me. So, uh, I, I love Celtic plus one on the road here.
1: Must win. DJ e. still loves too. his Scottish teams. That's, I, right. that's the right. I'll probably, from the I'll, pause. you know, I'll probably
0: support the Scottish
1: I'll be riding Celtic be all the way through this group stage.
2: Uh, yeah, I'll be with there with you. And, and I like to, oh, maybe, maybe the same game part of like for your man <laughs> over here. Let's talk about the annual Madrid and Shakhtar showdown. Madrid minus 550 at the Santiago Burnabout. Uh, Shakhtar 11 to 1. The draw here, 7 to 1. It was the first time for Madrid that they dropped points over the weekend. They drew one one with Osasuna. Imagine
1: variance going against that team for once. Oh my goodness. Misdep- so it, it was the it was great. Cr- of course, I wasn't there to fade them, but you
2: know. Look, it's not Variance. They just have one of the best managers in the world who can help them navigate through those those tricky times. Everton legend as well. Uh, nothing here for me, Anthony. Nothing for BJ either. What do you have for us here
1: between the top two teams of group F. I've also, yeah, imagine saying that. Uh, I think that if you want to attack this game, it's to maybe look down the market and figure out, you know, who you think between Leipzig and, and Celtic can make a run out of this group now, because Shakhtar is a good story. They got results in their first two matches, uh, but it feels to me like given all of the turnover that they are going to get absolutely destroyed at some point. And it's probably going to be in one of these two matches in the next two weeks uh against real madrid and, and much as i you know we rag on real madrid and, and whatnot uh i don't no interest in buying shakhtar either so pass do not go buying high on the shaktar team i think they're they're very in danger of of a they've got smoked outing. on xg
0: by real madrid every single time they've i know they've gotten a couple of results but they were real always madrid fluky just, they were always fluky yeah all
2: right that wraps up group f that means we'll move to group h PSG at the top with Benfica they're both two oh and O. Juve and Maccabee, Haifa, oh, oh, and 2 We'll start with Benfica and PSG. BJ, this one sets up nicely for you. You got another Portuguese team. They're plus 320 oh, at home a spot. against yeah. a team that you despise, a team that takes money. <laughs> I think PSG just comes to your house. They travel to the middle of the country, yep. to the beautiful cornfields of Iowa. They knock on your yep. door, and Leo Messi just goes into your pocket, takes a bunch of money out of it every week, and puts it in his pocket. You keep saying bring, that, but we've won bets against them like three straight weeks now. You've never won a bet against PSG. I, I, true. Haven't e- I haven't either. I don't, I don't, they're, they're the We're same. about to. Uh, the draw here is plus 333. PSG, 8-1-0 in League One. 28 goals for, 5 goals against. 26.2 expected goals for, 6.75. I mean, you, you can you know what the numbers are going to look like in that league. For this team, convince me
0: to join you. I'm Benfica here. I had to ask myself. I had to sit down after PSG's like crazy towards start, where they were putting up like two and a half, three expected goals every single match in league. On, I had to sit down and say, okay. Was I wrong about this team? Are they truly one of the best two or three teams in the world? And after their first two Champions League matches, the answer to that is unequivocally no. No, 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 not in a million years. Listen, against Juventus, we already talked about it, but Mbappe scored two bangers. They basically sat back and allowed a very bad Juventus team to control a lot of that match. And then against Haifa, they go behind. They did not look good or even ready to play the match. They got incredibly cocky and played a really high line. Haifa went behind them two, three times. They could have scored at least one more goal on a cross. And, you know, eventually, you know, the headline is, oh my gosh, Messi and Mbappe and Neymar all scoring a Champions League for the first time. PSG wins 3-1. Everything's great, right? No, they created only two expected goals in that match. Haifa really, into. I mean, a lot of those goals came at the end when Haifa basically was just going all out. And then they go this weekend to, to they post Nice and they just play a sleepy match where they only create 0.9 XG. And this match here, I would say outside of baby Leon match is the toughest test of their season. So far Benefica to start the Portuguese season has a plus 16.4 expected goal differential in eight matches. They have allowed 2.5 expected goals in those eight matches. They absolutely Dismantled Juventus on the road after conceding a set off a set piece in the fourth minute. They won the match two-one. They won on XG 2.2 2 to 0. 0.7. Touches in the penalty area were 38 to 16. Box entries were 20 to 8. Benefica drew over the weekend to Vitoria in the Portuguese league. Before that, they had won 13 straight matches to, to start the league. So they have been absolutely red hot. Even look at PSG in those first two Champions League matches, their expected threat against Haifa was 1.13 and against juventus it was 1.03 that is not best front three in the world attack that just dominates opponents no 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 this is benefica money line plus half a goal at plus 120 this is spot circled time for me so this, i feel very similar to about this how i felt about the the leipzig matches against psg last year so benefica we plus cash both of those Yep, exactly. So Benfica plus half a goal, plus 120. This line is inflated. Uh,
1: I agree. I also like the under. I'll make the case for the under, and it's very similar to what BJ said. I actually do think that PSG is overrated in attack, and I think they're actually still a bit underrated in defense. I understand that you know it is France, but they less than one expected goal to Lyon on the road is a good defensive performance because Lyon has plenty of attacking talent and has caused problems for a lot of teams in France, at least in the XG department, maybe not the finishing department, but from expected goals created only 0.4 at home against Nice. Yes. They, they went, you know, they host Juventus 0.8. And then a lot of that came off of, off of the McKenny goal. So I think that. this PSG defense has improved under a I think that's very much true. They, they both up the midfield a little bit. Uh, they got a little bit younger. They're not in a system that requires them to press in ways that the, the, the talent doesn't really work which was the case under Pochettino. But I agree. I mean, the attack is inflated anytime you have those three names and, some of the goals and production that they can produce. You're going to get an inflated total, and I think that's what we have here. At 3.25, BJ mentioned it. Football XG has Benfica's first seven games. They conceded two expectacles. That is, look, I know Portugal is Portugal. That is absurd. good yeah. uh, and, and impressive. So I think Benfica sits deep here. They defend effectively. They counter. Uh, but this is a 1-1, you know, 2-1 max kind of game for me. I think this is going to be very ugly. PSG, given their position in the group now, a point is a good result for PSG here. They just need the point, yeah. take care of business at home, and they win it because Juventus has zero points. Even if Juventus takes care of Haifa twice, it's going to come down to Benfica and Juventus for that second spot. And I know Juventus is now a big underdog to go through here. We all have, I know I have a big Benfica ticket. So mm-hmm. hopefully the boys steal a result here. All right let's talk
2: about uve they're minus 334 against haifa eight to one on the road to draw here's plus 475 i wonder where if this was the first game of the group stage i think that this line would read like minus 500 plus 1200 or mm. something
1: the market's never liked uve
2: yeah but i mean no but Haifa. like it's funny to see a single digit money line for haifa on the road against juventus in, in a game that juventus needs to win uve is two four and one in syria uh very low event. Nine goals for five against uh eight point five goals for eight point five spectacles against this team is not playing well. And they they not haven't good. played quite play for a while. Yeah, they're not good. And this is a house of pain bet. I know BJ, you like it. I think mm-hmm. Haifa is worth investing in in whatever way you want. I'll probably just maybe like a first to score. I know BJ, you like them on the spread, but I think it's Haifa here or nothing. And what's there to get up for for Juventus I know that it's like the Champions League their Champions League life Champions League life is on the line but you're gonna get juiced up for Maccabee Haifa coming to town I uh, I don't know this team is has seen much greater heights so yeah I think it's Haifa or nothing here this is just the, the numbers bear it out Juventus is, is pedestrian at best in this field of 32 teams BJ the boys from Israel
0: yeah, I like Maccabee a plus, plus one and a half on the spread. Like, can we really sit here and say that they've been unequivocally bad so far through two matches? Like, they weren't that bad against Benfica. They held them under one expected goal. Then, like we already mentioned, the PSG match, they went ahead. Like, they were – and they had a couple other chances where they could have scored. So, I don't think they've been really that bad. And you look at Juventus, I mean – Look, they got a 3-0 win against Bologna today. Like, they held them to .4 XG. That was the first time in the last five matches they've held an opponent under one expected goal. Like, they have been bad defensively. They haven't been able to create a lot of chances. And this is also a look-ahead spot for Juventus because they got a road trip to AC Milan. If you want to talk about spots, this is not a good one for Juventus. I I don't care if it's still a must-win type situation. Like, this Juventus team is struggling in attack. They're still without Paul Pogba. They're still without Chiesa. So... I like Haifa. I have a little bit of value on Haifa, which is kind of crazy to say, but uh, but yeah, I, I think the boys from Israel haven't been that bad, and I think they can be competitive in this match. So give me Haifa plus half a goal, plus one and a half.
1: Juve did finally put the pieces together today in a dominant win against Bologna. Best match they played all year based on underlying numbers. Uh, it's something to watch. No, I'm not betting this match though. I, this is, uh, <laughs> I, I hope Uve something to uh, watch.
0: Well, something to I watch. I <laughs> not
1: to bet. Just, just something. Just something to watch because look, I know we all don't think Uve is very good, but. Do we really think they're going to finish like tenth in Serie A? Because of what the XG says, I think like they could start playing a little better. I don't think that's out of the question. Allegri hot seat. They have to win this. If they do win this big, maybe we get a market overreaction. I'll hop on Haifa next mm-hmm. week at home, uh, but I'm not. I'm not playing this one.
2: Uh, we have a second minus twenty two hundred money line favorite this week. Uh, that's Manchester City. They're hosting Copenhagen thirty three to one. Uh, on the money line, at like Holland,
0: FTA.
1: anytime goal score,
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> minus, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, you price know it is. I mentioned I like Bayern Munich as a parlay piece, I like them with Man City, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what is the juice on that? Are you still laying like minus 600? <laughs> Probably, <laughs> yeah, here, I'll do it right now. So, uh, yeah, but I like, I like, uh, I like Bayern Munich, Man City, parlay, minus 833. Yeah,
2: Copenhagen's 30, <laughs> 33 to one on the road. Uh, the draw here is 14 one. Do you get to call me crazy? I'm gonna bet Copenhagen because when when numbers get like this. I just do it and I have fun, but this is a letdown spot for Manchester City. They just dominated the Manchester Derby. They're going to win this group going away, whether they win this match or not.
1: Dortmund gave them a good scare. I'll tell you that. And, yeah, and they and were they very did. flat in that game. Very Let's flat. Think now, just think, think about it. City can be very flat against Dortmund and then they like almost lose. Then they come back to win. City can be very flat against Copenhagen and win three 0 That's yeah. the difference. Like, no, I, of course. So, but here's the thing we the we spot
0: one, the spot to see... bet Copenhagen is is uh, is the reverse fixture because it's a look ahead for City who's got Liverpool, Liverpool on deck. Here's the thing. We see something crazy every
2: Champions League season. Sheriff beat Real Madrid. It's 33 Shock to 1. To the, beat the, Real it's, Madrid. it's 33 to 1. I, it's lost fine. to Benfica is a big favorite last year. You yeah, get it's, some weird things happen. Yeah, weird things do happen because it's, Shock tar mean, beats, they, they just like I said they, they just played Manchester United they dominated we've seen City you, I know Aston Villa's stratosphere is better than Copenhagen but I mean if you can just get hope park the bus and just pray that you get lucky and actually get lucky enough times to beat City whatever that's all I'm gonna say I'm 33 to 1 it's worth worth it to me I know you guys are passing so let's move on to Sevilla yeah, I think Georgia. I think
0: Erling Holland I think this curling Holland guy is a pretty good striker
2: yeah he's not bad that's my take Sevilla and Dortmund to round out our show Sevilla's plus 180 at home Dortmund plus 150
1: on the road uh a road favorite this is a hilarious I mean, match I mean how do you trust Dortmund too I, I bet they're under against Colin yep. and they conceded like 100 shots yep just no show from minute cool. one I mean I hadn't pulled up the stream yet to watch the game and I looked at the shot map and it was like three minutes into the game and Colin already had like four shots and I was like this under is really dead. Do you and Clone
0: has the cologne has got the best, second best expected threat differential in the Bundesliga. It's kind yeah, of crazy. That's I red, cards. red cards going through the red cards. I know. I know it's red cards, but that's They got they got like
1: three red cards in their favor like the first half of the yeah. super games. But but as far as this match goes, look, I want to fade Sevilla as much as the next guy. I hope they score early. I will be hammering Dortmund live if they do. Sevilla another horrible performance. The defense is a train wreck. The attack doesn't I mean they're horrible. And I didn't think the cliff would come this fast. I think we were, I think we can all agree we didn't think they'd be this bad. But they're now worse than an average team in Spain. They're just a bad. They
0: team. are in the relegation
1: battle right now. Yep. Dortmund injury crisis is real. They got a Diame back, but you know Medes is not cutting it as their striker. They lose Marco Royce, so th- there are some injury concerns here for Dortmund that keep me off of this match. But I'll be looking to play them live if they go down for sure. Sevilla uh, I mean, they uh, scored early against somebody, right? And then. Completely fell apart. It was the V match, of course, and they yeah. Um, home, but guys,
0: just an alert for everybody. We'll talk about those on the weekend pod. But uh is hosting our boys from the Basque Country this weekend, and it's a them
2: <laughs> Los Leones. I wonder so who will be on
1: by a million. They're they're a they're a pick'em at home. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's caught up to how bad they are, though. That's the only problem. Yep. All
2: right. Well, that will wrap it up. Uh, nothing for us on Sevilla and Dortmund. Maybe both teams to lose and. Now we'll move on to our best bets. Uh, BJ, we'll start with you. Your favorite bet for Champions League match
0: week three. Yeah, I like Porto. Plus 110 on the money line against Leverkusen. This is a fantastic buy low spot for a Porto team that put in a great performance against Atletico Madrid, did not get the result they deserved, Won on XG 1.7 to 0.7, then just had a bunch of fluky defensive mistakes against Bruges and got pounded for nothing. Uh, porto since the start of last season in the portuguese league they have a plus 1.6 expected goal differential per 90 minutes they rebounded really well over the weekend they posted a red hot braga team beat them 4-1 beat them 4.5 to 0. 0.6 on xg and as for leverkusen i mean they're sitting in the the relegation zone of the bundesliga and maybe they should don't deserve to be there but this is still a very very average team so far as xg suggests Since the start of last season, Leverkusen is only a plus 0.55 XG differential per 90, and the difference between Germany and Portugal really isn't that drastic. So I like Porto on the money line, plus 110. I'm going to go with our boys, Atletico Madrid, plus
2: 105 or better. They're taking on Bruges. Club Bruges, 2-0-0 to start the Champions League season. They sit atop Group B. This is a classic sell-high spot. As Anthony noted before, Leverkusen came to Bruges around the same price as atletico madrid we know madrid is a much much better team than Bayer leverkusen diego simeone will have his guys up for this this is a pretty big spot for atleti to get through the group so i'm all in once again on my boy diego simeone and atletico madrid to get it done against bruges anthony
1: yeah i'm gonna take benfica and paris saint germain under 3.25 goals I just think this total is a little bit inflated. We talked about the PSG attack being overrated. I, I agree strongly with BJ's take on that. However, if you look at their defense and how it's performed in Ligue 1 and even in the Champions League, it has been pretty good defensively, conceding less than one expected goal in the last four matches in France. They've beefed up the midfield enough. And I think Benfica, when you look at their defensive numbers, just two expected goals conceded from their first seven Liga Portugal matches. And the defense has also held up pretty well in the Champions League on the road to Juventus at home against Haifa, did not concede much of anything. I think it's going to be a grounded out, tough game for both teams to score here. Could see it being a 1-1 kind of game. And do think Benfica or PSG not necessarily needing to win would take the draw here on the road.
2: That'll do it for this episode of Goal, which... Once again, is presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet one dollar on any game, get two hundred free. For BJ Cunningham, for Anthony DeBundo, we wish you the best of luck with all your Champions League bets this week, and we will see you again on Thursday morning to preview the Premier League.